Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into episode number 572 of Underground Sports Philadelphia, presented by the City of Vineland. It's KB, it's Matt, coming at you from Underground Studios. And Red October is on the horizon. The Phils have clinched. We'll talk all about the clincher. We'll talk about the Eagles uh, being 3-0 and and heading into a divisional matchup for the first time this season. We'll talk some Union, and of course, Survivor 45 debuts tonight, so we'll be talking uh, some predictions for the first 90-minute episode of Survivor at the end of the show for the true dedicated fans of Underground Sports Philadelphia. But before we get into everything, make sure you guys are following us on the socials at UndergroundPHI. That's on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com, slash UndergroundSportsPHI. TikTok still at Underground PHI, uh, and of course you can also follow us on Threads at Underground PHI. Follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castarina. Follow me at KBIZZL three one one. Subscribe to the podcast feed, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave those five star ratings and reviews. Goes a long way for helping this show continue to grow. I know we won't reach the heights that New Heights is reaching due to all the Swifties, but get us close. Go subscribe. Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. And, of course, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. That's where you get full video episodes of this show twice a week. You get full video episodes of every show on our network. You get live streams, clips, original video content, uh, just fun viral moments. They're all on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. And like I mentioned, this show is presented by the City of Vineland. And the City of Vineland Municipal Calendar features city-organized, city-sponsored, and city-affiliated events that are of public interest. The calendar, which is accessible at vinelandcity.org, is a good way uh, for residents and visitors to stay connected with the city, build awareness, remain engaged with city government, and you can participate in local events by checking out the calendar. You can also follow the City of Vineland on social media via their Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube pages. And through these tools, you can stay connected to the community and get important announcements about programs and services offered by the city. Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always growing season. A big thank you to Security 21 Security Systems and Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated for their continued support of this podcast. What's going on, Matt? Just living the dream. By the way, the Taylor Swift uh, jokes are dead. Um, it reached Chris Christie. Oh, Christ. Um, who <laughs> quote tweeted a picture of him sitting in the Cowboys box. By the way, ultimate, ultimate Grim Reaper moment. Uh, he was... Um, at the game, watching the Cowboys lose to the Cardinals with Jerry Jones. Quote tweeted a picture of him and Jerry Jones in the box saying, I was just a guy in the bleachers on Sunday, 
But after tonight, Trump will know we are never, ever getting back together. Um, Jesus Christ. <laughs> just awful. And by the way, the picture, the, the uh, tweet that he's quoting, he says, ooh, who on the Cowboys is Chris Christie dating? And just, so it's over. It, it, uh, was a, it was like a fun uh, day and a half that we got out of that well, one. Well, time but. to shake that off. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> and we're back. It's up. awful, though. It's over. Uh, so over. The Phils, though, are not over, Matt. And it's brought to you by our awesome merch partners at PHI Apparel Company, the best in the game. They are the exclusive merch providers of Underground Sports Philadelphia. They've got playoff merch ready to rock and roll for you on their website. And they've got a new code that you guys can use uh, for the time being, uh, which is very exciting. It's going to be good through October 1st. We'll get to that in just a minute. Uh, but if you want to stand out in the crowd, if you're going to Citizens Bank Park for Red October, if you're going to the Link to watch the birds do their thing, uh, if you're going to Subaru Park to watch the Union do their thing and get ready for the playoffs as well, or if you want to support Underground Sports Philadelphia and get your exclusive podcast merch from us, PHI Apparel Company has you covered. You'll stand out in the crowd and be the best dressed at your event, your sporting event that you're attending, tailgate, uh, your night out at the bar, whatever it may be. And if you want to support us all year round, you can go to phiapparel.co, use code UNDERGROUND, you get 10% off your order anytime, anywhere, any amount of things in your cart. Uh, but also, good through kickoff on Sunday, October 1st at 1 o'clock, they are running a huge 30% off three or more items with code STREAK, that's S-T-R-E-A-K, code STREAK at checkout at phiapparel.co. Any three items, three or more, you get 30% off your entire order. That is an absolute steal of a deal from PHI Apparel Company. They don't run deals like that all the time. So take advantage. Get your merch. When you get it, tag PHI Apparel Company. Tag us. We'll repost it. We want to see where you're rocking your merch from. Go to phiapparel.co and through October 1st at 1 o'clock, use code STREAK to get 30% off a purchase of three or more items. Matt, I was in the building last night. Phil's clinch to head to Red October, and shortly after, Seiya Suzuki drops a ball in right field, and the Atlanta Braves beat the Chicago Cubs and lock up the top wild card spot for the fight in Phil's, and we are dancing on our own once again. Yeah, um, feels good. Feels good to have it, kind of our fate settled before the end of the season uh, with, with plenty of time to spare, not like last season where kind of had to take it all the way through into that Astros series and feels nice. Feels nice to be able to reset the lineup. We already know that uh, we're going to go uh, Wheeler Nola in uh, in our, our first two wildcard games and to have those sewn up, you get guaranteed home playoff baseball, which is a good feeling. Um, now it's about just waiting on the, on, on the matchup who you're going to have to face. I think the thing that's really in the Phillies' favor is that it is still a pretty tight wildcard race. And everyone kind of has to keep pushing. Look, there, there's no team I, I don't think that's going to be able to get a similar advantage that the Phillies have where they're going to be able to kind of set their lineup the way they would ideally want it. Ultimately, does that matter? Who knows, right? I mean, the Phillies were certainly not the favorites going to St. Louis last year and certainly did not have the benefit of setting their lineup, of uh, kind of organizing it the best way possible, the, you know, the, the way that you would most want it to be. Um, so baseball, you know, can be a little random like that, especially a three-game series doesn't matter um but you know the Phillies should be favored in, in anyone they come up against in the wild card but yeah you know Arizona um still is a series against the Astros which is like a huge series for both teams both those teams fighting for playoff position 
Um, Marlins could potentially find a way to sneak in, and they're sort of limping to the playoffs with a lot of injuries in their rotation. Cincinnati uh, also still sticking around. Right, somehow. you know, like there's definitely, um, you know, and, but again, this is all a good thing for the Phillies because I think you want these teams taking it to the wire, um, having to play guys every night, no one getting any kind of rest, no one getting any kind of those types of advantages. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, it's good news all around for the Phillies, I'd say. Are we are we still pulling for the Cubs to, to get that number two wild card spot? Yeah, I, I go back and forth. I, I think, honestly, the Diamondbacks, really Zach Gallen is like the only pitcher that I think I would be worried about facing mm-hmm. in a three-game series. In a five-game series, I'm less – worried right because i think you have you have more room and i think depth wins out but in three you know it's a little similar to the phillies in that you know like when you have like two very good pitchers right you have zach allen and what's merrill uh, merrill kelly merrill kelly um those are two like very good pitchers and like that could be meaningful and especially too if like let's say you know zach allen is starting game two merrill kelly's maybe starting game three Potentially, right? Depending More on rest, likely, maybe yeah. Merrill Kelly starts game one. But like, it's that's a, that's that's a potential rough rough spot. I just think we've played the Cubs better this year, mm-hmm. um, and I, I to me just seemed like a team that we, I personally just feel more comfortable beating. I think we can beat any of the wild card teams. Um, I just I believe that about the Phillies. I think they are the best wild card team. That's why they've already sewn it up. Like I think that is bared out. That doesn't always mean though that you win the uh, right. the, the series, right? And again, that's like. Can't trust enough for the three-game series. I'm sure the Cardinals felt very confident mm-hmm. coming into their series last year, you know, like, and they felt like they had a very good chance of advancing and um, never even got to see a win. So, I, uh, yeah. And, I mean, uh, let's not forget, too, up until the ninth inning of game one, it, it did not we seem. We were sweating it out it did, at a wedding. It did not <laughs> seem like the Phillies were going to potentially win a playoff game. You know, like, it really could have, I think you lose that game. Maybe you just get your two zero when you're out, and none of it. So I don't know. You know, it's play of baseball can be uh, a little bit of randomness at, at times, and um, you know, obviously having it at home though is a big advantage. Being able to set your lineup is a big advantage, and they also have, you know, roughly a week now to also figure out. I think they're they're sort of thinking around the edges, like who's your third starter? Um, is that third starter going to go like four or five innings? You know, like mm-hmm. are you gonna do something like that like uh, is it is it Taiwan Walker is it Sanchez is it Suarez you know like I, th- I think there's a Lorenzen yeah like it's honestly you have a lot of questions I think to and those are I think not bad questions either right. to have and I think you know Rob Thompson said it this morning uh with his interview that he always does on WIP that if it does get to game three Ranger Suarez is the starter unless they need to use him out of the bullpen um in either game one or game two so we'll see how that all kind of plays out and if you're getting the Aaron that we had last night in the playoffs I'm feeling even better about this team because watching him pitch last night I was like oh this is Aaron that we had pretty much all of last season dialed in a bunch of people around me and in group chat uh chats that I'm in they were like, why are we taking Nola out right now? Like, he's pitching so well. And then, you know, we go on to win. But it was one of those things that, like, this is the Aaron Nola that we need at this point in the season to be dialed in and finding his spots. And, you know, he gives up the one home run. But overall, that was a phenomenal Aaron Nola start last night. Yeah. And, um, I mean, that's kind of been it with Nola this year, though. As, as you've seen, 
some of the the good moments from him, but you've seen some of the bad. Like he's he's been a little consistent this season, and um, I think my concern with him is mostly just getting deep in games. Is usually we see like self destruct button in the sixth seventh inning, you know, like he. But the Phillies, I think, also you could say have better pitching pitching depth this time this year than than as compared to last year. I, I think this is overall a more complete um, pitching depth, and I actually think it's you know. We talked so much in the aftermath of the World Series. That was a, the really the massive difference between the Astros and the Phillies was um, starting rotation. And the fact, too, that you could tell Wheeler and Nola were really kind of on fumes at, at that stage of the season. We've been able to manage them a little better this year. And again, you're, um, you're going to get an extra day of rest for Nola, I believe, right? Gets an extra day. Yeah. Um, Nola's not going to pitch the rest of the regular season. Wheeler's going to pitch on regular rest because right. when he pitches on extra rest, he's got like. Freak. an era of like 4.8 versus like 1.65 right so just run them hot um yeah and so for me i i, I think that's that's a positive you know and and i i think going into a again a wild card and then a potential nlds i think you have some pitching on your team that would be second or third options on some other teams that are maybe your third or fourth option you know like i think that's that's a good spot to find yourself in and um yeah i i feel I don't know. I feel good. I, I feel happy. I'm glad we're in the playoffs two years running. Like we talked about how much we just wanted last year just for them to be in the playoffs. I think we got way more than we bargained and asked for. Um, and so in a strange way, it almost feels like the pressure is like not there this year. I, I Do you feel like I don't normally like when a team I, I care about is going into any if it's like the final stages of the season, going into any kind of playoff situation like the Sixers, right? Like I always feel sick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and probably that's my experience with the Sixers. Um the Phillies are the most, I mean, outside the Eagles, the most successful team in my life, uh, pretty much. Um, so most of my memories of Phillies being in the playoffs are pretty good. I've got, I got to see three Phillies World Series appearances <laughs> in my lifetime, and uh, they've only made the playoffs sixteen times since eighteen eighty three. Yeah, uh, soak this in, everybody. Yeah, what this is our this is sixth sixth, sixth time seeing them in our. Uh, so we had. There was four. We had five from 07 five, to yeah. 11. And then now seven, right? So and then 2022. And yeah, so this will be seven. Um, yeah, so we've seen almost half of the <laughs> Phillies playoff appearances um, in our lifetime, too. I wasn't even born for, for 93. So. Yeah, I was, I was two weeks later. <laughs> Just missed Joe Carter <laughs> creating a core, uh, you know, infant memory. But yeah. Um, so I, I just, for me, like, it, it feels nice. I, I, don't, I don't really feel any kind of, I don't know how you feel about it, but I really don't feel any type of pressure. I think it's also the wild card round. It doesn't really set in, I, I think, until you're actually playing it, but, like, it never feels as daunting because it's like, I, the three-game series kind of goes both ways. Like, oh, it's a three-game series, but then it's like, it's a three-game series. You know, like, mm-hmm. it, there is, like, instant jeopardy, you know, because if you lose a game one, it's like, oh, shit. Like, it's now all of a sudden you are, like, really backed into a wall, but. Um, yeah, I don't know how you feel if there's any kind of pressure here. It it eerily kind of is reminding me of like the Eagles playoff run last year where like even though the Phillies aren't the top seed, they're not going to have the bye, which I'm totally fine with because what we saw last year, the bye can kind of hurt you more than it helps you. Um, but like I feel like it also stems from like just the, the vibe of this team that like they have that confidence in themselves. So it trickles into the fan base where like, we feel like we can beat anybody. And then you have some of the, the good national media talking about, oh, you don't want 
if I'm any other team in the National League, I don't want to run into the Phillies in the playoffs. Like, that's the last team I'd want to see. People talking about how behind the Braves and Dodgers, the Phillies have the best chances to, you know, represent the National League. I feel like it is just kind of the the mantra of this current iteration of the Phillies where it's like, we believe in ourselves. If you don't believe in us, that's fine. We're out to prove you wrong. It's the the himbo mentality. Yes. Like, and we're just going. We're just here to play ball. You know, like, but we got that dog in us. I've said it a million times, but there is something about the mentality of this team that is scary, <laughs> and that they are just—they're a little stupid, and they don't like. But they don't overthink in the best way. Listen, this team does not overthink. No, I don't. I think some of them. Don't always think, okay? Like, I think Scooby-Doo was whispering to Nick Cassianos <laughs> to make that play last week. You know, like, I just, it's fine. And that's fine. I, I think, honestly, and uh, I, we've made this comparison before, but I'll keep making it. They do, they just remind me so much in a very, like, real way of those Cardinals-Giants teams that we had to face in that. They had good players, right? But it never felt like, they were never like a, those were never juggernaut teams, mm-hmm. you know? But they just had, like, these guys that just were, Took it up to another level in the playoffs, and the Phillies have done that. They've done that all year too. You know, we talked so much about them playing in close games. Uh, they're the, one of the best teams, if not the best team in Major League Baseball, in like the seventh, eighth, ninth inning in in terms of hitting and home runs. And they've been especially like the power has really ramped up over the last two months. I think there's there's plenty to to feel good about. And um, yeah, I I was listening to Matt Gelb talk, and he said he was like just kind of asking around like national people and like people who work in baseball like. Like who do you think like comes out of the NL and they were like behind the Braves it's the Phillies like I'm like they like have the Phillies over the Dodgers and I think it's so weird because like baseball I think it is hard because there's so many games it's not like other sports where it's like it's kind of it's hard for me to like be super aware of other teams and like injuries that they're go like think of just all the storylines from this season for the Phillies and how long it's been and how long June first feels and we're, this is clearly just a team that you just. Remember it, when Bryce Harper wasn't coming back until the All-Star break? It doesn't matter with this team until, like, June 4th. Like that, yeah. that is when you can start, like, caring. They are the literal <laughs> definition of the since June 1st statistical I, honestly, category. And since June 1st, I think they're, like, like 65 and 39. And that was, like, the same thing last year, too. So, um, but, yeah, you know, like, the Dodgers are struggling with, uh, you know, rotation injuries. And, you know, you're not even totally sure who your, your game one starter is, you know, for, for the Dodgers, right? I mean, you... It's not. It's not like a clear cut number one. That's our guy. Like, is it Kershaw? Is it Lance Lynn? Lynn? I don't know. I you know like it's I, the the Braves have injuries in that pitching rotation. Charlie Morton's out. I would actually almost even before Charlie Morton was playing. Um, he's the only Braves pitcher we've we've pretty regularly hit well off of. Max Fried has like a finger issue. It seems like it's gonna be fine by the time they play in the NLDS, but. I don't know. You know, like it's just, you know what else, Matt? Spencer Strider doesn't like fans in the stadium. I gotta say, I love Spencer Strider. He's like the only brave. Him and uh, Matt Olson. Did I you just did love, you see that? Clip? I did. I did. He's and like he was the Dwayne Wade Gatorade commercial, but instead of waking up from Dwayne Wade's nightmare, it was Reese Hoskins bat spiking in his face with forty five thousand Phillies fans erupting in chaos. I think he was doing a little tongue in cheek there, uh, which I appreciate. I like. I honestly. It's very hard for me to hit on Spencer Strider. Um, it's actually like it's super disappointing that like the Reese Hoskins moment happened against him because I was like, "Fuck, I kind of like Spencer." But you know, fair enough. You know, um, yeah. But it's to me, I think they. I, I was looking at the Braves, uh, just 
just like statistical leaders just to see after the Charlie Morton injury happened. They only have two guys that are like qualified in not that this is the end all be all, but they only have two starting pitchers that qualify in ERA and whip categories this year. Yeah, because they also haven't had to They've literally been just <laughs> throwing out a three man rotation all year. Been one of the best offensive baseball teams ever. They haven't needed to like have guys go long. Like they haven't needed to rely on pitching at any point this year. Um Which I think can be a concern when you get to the playoffs because you look how important pitching has been like just throughout like us being locked into baseball even during the Phillies run like how important having you know even a guy like Jamie Moyer having somebody like Joe Blanton on the roster was to the Phillies during their run and then you look at you know a guy like Noah Syndergaard Noah Syndergaard started a World Series game last year for the Phillies like how important just like pitching depth can be like sure the Braves and the Dodgers have the offense to go out and score runs but if you're going up against a team like the Phillies or even like the Diamondbacks who have guys who can score runs at an equal pace if they're on, it's going to come down to who has the better pitching. Yeah, and I would say, like, again, you know, obviously, you know, the, the, the Dodgers and Braves were at a little bit of a different level in the regular season, but we've seen, like, saw the same thing last year. It was not the, the Dodgers and Braves in the NLCS. It was, uh, you know, two wildcard teams and two teams that honestly, like, I wouldn't say snuck in, but, like, it was in the last week of the season that mm-hmm. those teams were in the play, you know, and that's just, I mean, that's the nature of most wild card teams. But yeah, I, for me, baseball is is one of the sports where, yeah, it is, it is, again, just because you have this long season and it, it allows you to really form an opinion about a team like the Braves, like the Dodgers, like the Orioles, whoever. And, but when you get to a five game series, weird stuff happens. It just does. Um, you know, we always joke too that the 2008 team is like the worst team of that era, and yet it's the only one that won a World Series. You know, like it just it is what it is. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm so excited to have uh, have like playoff baseball back again and get to like care about it and and watch it with like an actual interest. And I'm looking forward to the wild card game. I hope we don't have any like conflicting times for me. I got like, I, just, I know. <laughs> well, that's the only hope now. But the the fun part is I will be in the building for wild card game two. Got tickets uh, secured, so I'll be in the building on Wednesday for Game 2, which could be a clinching game, which would be insane. Uh, I know the wild card round starts on Tuesday, but they don't have the times out yet just because they're waiting for other teams to clinch and everything. I'm kind of feeling like the Phillies might be like that 7 o'clock start since they'll be at home and it's like East Coast. and I think they'll give us like the 4, like a 4-10, 4-15 Depending on who they play, I think. Yeah. I think especially if we get a West Coast team, though, I think we could get, like, a 4-10. Four, four, but it's, think, a, it's hard to say. Because I think it because uh, it flip-flops this year, too, which sucks. So we won't have uh, Joe Davis on the, the broadcast, which is a bummer. Um, the Phillies will be on, I think, TBS this year. That's the um, Braves network. I don't yeah. like <laughs> I don't like the... And then uh, the American League is on Fox. So who calls on TBS? Is that um um? I honestly don't. I can't say that I'm like a regular. It's it's honestly this way in football too. Like I always associated um Buck and Aikman with Fox. Yeah. And now like that's not the same anymore either. Now you know like it's just all of it. And then I always associated um like Collinsworth and Al Michaels with NBC. Like it's it's all screwed now. It's all messed up. So there's a whole list: uh, Brian Anderson, Bob Costas, Ron Darling, uh, 
and then the at least we'll have a fun like pre and post game show because it's two former Phillies and Ernie Johnson, uh, Pedro Martinez, Jimmy Rollins, Curtis Granderson, Ernie Johnson. That's nice. That's that's pretty vibes. Uh, vibes crew right there. Um, so yeah, playoffs start on Tuesday. Hopefully, it'll just be Tuesday Wednesday for the Phillies, and they clinch in two and kick it to the the NLDS. Um, we've got. Four teams in the National League clinched. We're still waiting on those final two wild cards. Braves are in. Dodgers are in. Brewers win the Central, and they are in. And then the Phillies have the top wild card locked in. Right now, it's the Diamondbacks and the Cubs if things uh, ended today, which would be very interesting with if it ended this way and it's Phillies-Diamondbacks because the Brewers and Cubs play each other in the final series of the regular season, and then having to go right into a playoff series, it's almost like they're playing a five-game series against each other. Yeah, and I wonder if you get even kind of a little, uh, like some kind of gamesmanship there or something. Um, that's going to be interesting, yeah. I, I honestly had not even noticed that. The American League is wild, too, in terms of the, the wild card race. Um, yeah, because nobody wants to win that uh, American, League's, I, honestly, American League West. And, it, yeah, it, it would be really surprising if the Astros drop out. That would be um, That would be shocking. Honestly, I would love that. I guess they can, they can technically still catch the Rangers too. Yeah, yeah. so the division is like technically. I mean, I I would imagine the yeah, Rangers are. I think two. The Rangers play the Mariners in the final series. Yep. So the Mariners, like, what if they win? I don't know what the tiebreakers are there. I believe the Mariners have the tiebreaker over the Astros. Okay, but if they like win three out of four against the Rangers. I don't know with who has the tiebreaker over who there, but that would that would level them up. So if they do have the tiebreaker, I'd have to imagine with the start the Rangers had, depending on when they played, I would be kind of surprised if they don't. But I mean, it's at least an opportunity for the Mariners now to to you know go through. And like we said, the Astros um, playing the Diamondbacks. Um, it's like two like really competitive series there. So three team and four team tiebreaker scenarios. Here we go. This was updated an hour ago. Um. So if there's a tie between the Astros, Mariners, Rangers, and Blue Jays, the result is Mariners, Astros, Rangers in, Blue Jays out. I kind of like the Blue Jays. I also found this out the other day. I did not know this. I don't know if this makes me a bad Phillies fan. The Phillies for like a few years were like trying to make – blue jays be a thing for them i vaguely like only reason i remember this is because in ashburn alley they have like a display of like all the the um, logos right logos and, and there's, there's a blue there's jay the one that's a blue jay. <laughs> and i like because someone i i don't even remember like this last week i think it was just like i don't even know what i was doing and i just i stumbled upon that exact thing i was like what i was like I don't know that I had ever even noticed that one. I was like, it's kind of a sick logo, actually. Yeah. Like, I'm kind of pissed the Blue Jays exist because it's kind of like I would 100% buy a hat with that. It's like a sweet, old-timey kind of, like, uh, logo there. But, yeah, for, like, a few years, the Phillies were, like, the Blue Jays. 1944 I, to 1945. Getting 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 Adolph out of Europe, <laughs> getting Blue the Jays. The war is over, and we are the Philadelphia Blue Jays. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. personally, I, I just the Phillies have had some very like interesting logos over the years. Yeah, like the early on, like 
very like Pittsburgh Pirate P kind of vibe to them, and then I don't know the the penny press coins. Yeah, that you I, get I don't know what the you Franklin really Institute seal, like. <laughs> the 1950 to 1969 one is very cool too. Yeah, and then you get into like the uh, the retro P. Phil and Phyllis is a good one. It always I, like I feel like the last four are still in like rotation. Yeah, like, honestly, it's um, it's all. You see all those still, like, even, like, official stuff pretty regularly. Especially even the, Phil and, the, 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 the Phyllis one, too. Like, I see that, like, yeah, see that on hats all the time, like, in a team shop thing. I just, honestly, had it never. It was uh, strange. It was, it was something that I, I unlocked in the last week. I was like, wow, I don't think I have ever really reckoned with that. <laughs> but we should, I let's bring it back. Let's own it. Let's <laughs> just. We restore the Blue Jay logo. Let's let's start a, an issue, yeah, uh, an intercontinental uh, intercontinental issue. This is an article from 2021 from Phillies Nation. From 1918 to 1942, the Phillies had just one winning season, in which they squeaked out a 78 and 76 record. I would. Lose it. And that was like right in the middle. In 1932, they had that season. That is hell on earth. Bob Carpenter Jr. bought the team following another 90 loss season in 1943. The club was in desperate need of some type of spark, and Carpenter planned to provide it through a fan contest. Folks from around the Delaware Valley were asked to send in suggestions for a new name for the Phillies. The winner would receive a $100 war bond. Shit, that shit is probably worth like $2 billion. <laughs> Jesus. Phillies received 5,098 letters and 634 names, including entries such as Ravens. How many letters? 5,098. That is one thing that shocks me about, like, I know there was like less people as well, but I just think of like a tweet now. <laughs> we'll get like 10,000 responses maybe that's a high number but like the, it'll get like maybe it'll do like two hundred thousand in engagement right when you like yeah do all the views and like likes retweets whatever reposts five like not even six thousand people on the changing of the team's name can you imagine if a, a major league team now any team any professional sports team on the planet was allowing a like a fan contest to make up a name it's only pulling six thousand responses i know you had to write a letter and mail it but that's how people communicated back then five thousand ninety eight letters and six hundred and thirty four names that's a terrible ratio of unique names too including ravens unicorns bell ringers daisies and stinkers (laughs) stinkers is funny (laughs) mrs elizabeth crooks's suggestion we could have been the unicorns I'm the, I know I'm mad. Of Blue Jays was the winning entry. She believed that this new name would be the change that this team badly needed, according to the Eugene Guard. Quote, Mrs. Crooks chose the name, she said, because it reflects a new team spirit. The Blue Jay is colorful in personality, and his plumage is a brilliant blue, a color the Phillies could use decoratively and physiologically. His fighting, aggressive spirit never admits defeat. You know, that's honestly... So I'm mad because... Toronto's like an expansion team. So 1976, out of over 4,000 suggestions. So the 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 Blue Jays in making their team in 1976, out of over 4,000 suggestions, 154 people selected the name Blue Jays. 
In addition, the team was originally owned by the Labatt Brewing Company, makers of the popular beer Labatt Blue. So now, like, it's hard. We'll, we'll never unseat it, but we were we were first. We should, ah, man. Well, now I'm, honestly, hearing that woman's description, like, I'm, I'm in on bringing the Jays back. Here's why it got confusing. So the logo of the Blue Jay was added above the two L's in Phillies on the jersey, as well as on the front left sleeve. John Hopkins students did not appreciate the Phillies' use oh, of their school Hopkins. nickname. Christ, oh, shut up. The legendary Grantland Rice wrote in the Harrisburg Telegraph that, quote, the Blue Jays belong to Johns Hopkins. Johns Hopkins is one of our greatest medical and collegiate centers, far more important than the Phillies can ever hope to be. Even if they win a pennant and a World Series, they are still the Phillies, and they always will be fi- be the Phillies, win, lose, or last, and usually last. <laughs> kind of ate right there, I'll be honest. Kind of cooked. Unfortunately, Rice was correct in his assessment during that time. In the two seasons that the Phillies would use the Blue Jays' name, they once again sat at the bottom of the National League. In 1944, they finished 61-92, and followed by a 46-108 record in 1945. Wow. The Blue Jay was not the answer to the Phillies' problems, and after confusion and frustration from the fan base, the team removed the Blue Jay from the uniform in 1946. It wasn't until after that experiment in 1950 that the Phillies would see the light of day and win the National League pennant. Okay, I have two thoughts. First of all, John Hopkins, get over yourself. No one cares. Honestly, no one cares. The only person who cares about John Hopkins is people that went to Johns Hopkins. That is it. Like, no one is like, wow, awesome. That's really good. No one, no one cares. All right. Irrelevant to me. Irrelevant. <laughs> Number two, I'm sorry that we sucked during the interwar years because we had a bunch of patriotic men going overseas. Yep, Ted Williams, ever heard of him? He wasn't a Philly, but spiritually, he was. Okay, spiritually, sorry that we were committed to the country, unlike these fickle Baltimoreans and John Hopkins. What did Baltimore do during the war? Nothing. Weren't killing Nazis. Sure, sure weren't. I'm sure the Phillies, and this is just my headcanon, and no amount of facts will uh, will dissuade me, sent the most players overseas to, to fight the Nazis. And you know what? I think that's more important than winning a pennant. And really, you could say... It saved more lives. Save more lives than anyone from John Hopkins ever has. I'll say that. Where they make doctors? Cool. They hit dingers? I think not. I rest my case. Bryce Harper has done more for our planet and our country than anyone from John Hopkins. Hundred percent. It's like the Drake meme. Create doctors. I'm gonna hit look dingers. up famous John Hopkins alumni. I know one. Oh, Alger Hiss. Yeah, awesome. Great name to be associated with. Alger Hiss. Noted, known as communist spy defector. Honestly, I'm going to be so honest. I do not even recognize any of these others' names. I'm not even trying to flame. There's only two Johns Hopkins alumni that I know, and it's simply because... Lacrosse, right. Of lacrosse, and they support our show. Shout out Paul Rabel, Kyle Harrison. Dude, I'm, I'm being so honest. I, I like I, I'm looking at these names. I, I don't... There's not one. There's not one that I'm like, oh, I at least I've heard that name. Wolf Blitzer. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, cool, man. You get Wolf Blitzer. All right, they got Wes Craven. That's kind of crazy. What? Wes Craven went to John Hopkins? What the hell? John Dewey? Uh, oh, James McPherson. I love James McPherson. Fuck. Damn it. God damn it. <laughs> Honestly, though, like, I, this is really not that. Woodrow Wilson. Yeah, awesome. You got Woodrow Wilson. So, birth of a nation had Klansmen at the White House. There's, there's your legacy, John Hopkins. 
Abel Wallman, water treatment expert. That's your notable alumni. You got him on the same list as a president. Abel Wallman, water treatment expert. What? Come on. There's there's really not a, a lot of other names. I, I, I'm not... Uh, Caleb Deschanel, cinematographer. Who did? What did Caleb Deschanel? I'm Couldn't just, tell you. I'm just so in now. I'm just absolutely shitting on John Hopkins. Okay, he's been nominated for the Academy Award for Best Cinematography six times. Fuck. Okay, maybe he's kind of good. <laughs> but what for? That's uh. It's hard to sit as cinematographer. Okay, I'm just looking for. Does it show me on Wikipedia what he get? Uh, he was cinematographer Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, which was actually a sick movie. <laughs> it a cool book, so shout out to that. Uh, Passion of the Christ. Question mark? <laughs> Questionable. National Treasure. Same year. National Treasure, Passion of the Christ, same year. 2004 was very weird for Caleb Deschanel. Um, not a lot of ones that really jump out at me, though, to be honest. Uh, he did the 2019 Lion King. Sold out for Disney money. Uh, the soulless animated <laughs> one. I don't even know. The fact honest, that that movie is a top 10 grossing box office movie of all time is absurd. I'm not, I'm not trying to hurt any feelings, but it's, I hope anyone isn't upset when I say it. It's because of Disney adults that can't let go of their childhood it's and insane. need to see every Disney piece of media that exists at all costs. It's like, you've seen this movie. I don't, I don't know how to tell you this. Like, this is not now what we need to be doing, but all right. You got like two notable alumni, and I'm gonna say like if you got notable alumni, it's got to be better than Wolf Blitzer, all right? You got one pretty shitty president, and like two historians that I really like personally. I think they're really <laughs> awesome. And Wes Craven. You got Wes. Wes Craven is your best alumni, all right? And that's pretty much because he gave us Scream. So there you go. The uh... hope you enjoyed that tangent. <laughs> Speaking of Blue Jays, if they claim the second wild card, the and the Astros, Mariners, and Rangers tie, the Mariners and Astros are in, and the Rangers are out. Rangers being out would be really funny. And then if the Astros win the AL West, the Mariners, Rangers, Blue Jays tie. Rangers and Mariners are in, Blue Jays are out. The real fun situation would be Rangers win the AL West, Astros, Mariners, Blue Jays tie. Mariners and Blue Jays are in, Astros are out. That's what we really need. Yeah, Astros being out, I think, is our ideal. Uh, it would be absolutely hilarious. Ideal situation. But, yeah, I mean, it's everyone has, like, stuff to play for um, in the final week here, which is cool. Except for the Phillies. You know, we got it all wrapped up. Which is why we have the hangover lineup tonight, man. Which is awesome. Nothing better. <laughs> Nothing better than, than dudes, as part of your job, being encouraged to just drink to excess and have fun. That is the best part about sports is when you – when you, you do something amazing, your job, your employers are like, hey, there's like tons of beer in the locker room. We are actively encouraging you. I don't know if I've ever seen Kyle Schwarber run so fast in my life than in the video the Phillies put out today. We need that effort in outfield. <laughs> we get it on the base paths. We need it in the outfield. But here is tonight's lineup uh, for the hangover lineup, Truthers. It's Bryson Stott at second base and Mundo Sosa at shortstop. Bryce Harper at first base. We all knew Bryce would be playing tonight. Uh, Brandon Marsh is your DH. <laughs> Christian Pache in right field. Jake Cave in left field. Johan Rojas in center field. Rodolfo Castro at third base. 
And Garrett Stubbs, who's probably seeing four balls come at him at one time, is catching, along with Ranger Suarez getting his second consecutive hangover game start. Um, Does Bryce drink? I don't know. I he does not really strike me as like a. I don't know. Like I've never. It's so weird because of all the people that should be like kind of like douchey frat boy type. Bryce fits like every single stereotype check mark. Like he, but he does not come across that. Like yeah. then you hear him talking like, oh, he's like a normal dude. Like he's like a normal nice guy. And I just, I don't know. Maybe he's. I I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know if he, I know he like was popping like champagne bottles, but I don't know if he was partaking in consumption of said bottles. Uh, the other funny clip that I saw last night came from our sweet baby boy Alec Bohm. Uh, he looks into one of the cameras that are on him, and he says, "Is that thing waterproof?" And then starts dousing the camera person with uh, with champagne. And then the video the Phillies put out today, he's like struggling to open a champagne bottle and says, "How do we open this?" I forget how. I mean, it's been a little bit. It's been a, it's <laughs> been like a year, so I get it. And then Stubbs walking in, grabs his champagne goggles, and says, "Burn my face!" <laughs> Hell yeah! Jose Alvarado, also pure sicko, came into the clubhouse with four bottles of 1942. Good for him. Honestly, then, I saw that proceeds, picture. I was like, man. Then proceeds to dance to Sweet Escape by Gwen Stefani with two bottles of tequila in his hands. Honestly, that's what a whole a vibe for the fall. I want to say, I know that, like, I didn't feel brave enough to say this last year, but the dancing on, I hate that the dancing on my own version that we've gotten is the cover because the Robin version is infinitely better. And I've never felt comfortable saying that because I was so into it. And it was like, I, you know, you got to just got to go with the flow. I'm suggesting that that song is tainted by a, a World Series loss. All right. Maybe we should retire that song. Maybe what we needed and still need is the original version, which is, again, I can't stress this enough, at least 17 times better. <laughs> and I mean that as no disrespect. I'm just saying Robin is infinitely better at singing that song. That's all. I would just that's for the Phillies consideration. Do whatever they want. I'll I'll support them either way, but we did get Nick Castellanos running it back with on me by Lil Wayne. Which is an um, absolute heater of a song. Nick Castellanos, by the way. Kindred spirits in song choices. His walk up song. <laughs> so good. Dude's dude's hitting the take care hits <laughs> in his in his feelings and then just going with the I'm me into it's true artistry like no notes for him honestly and then the phillies also continuing to play uh dick down in dallas in the locker room uh and then the new song that has been added to the phillies playlist according to one destiny legardo uh is the kiss cover of i was made for loving you i know we've moved on a little bit but i just had to look at the seattle Mariners. They're one and eight against the Rangers this year. They're nine and three against the Astros this year. The only other team that they've played better is the Athletics. They're twelve and one against. (laughs) Not surprising at all. But damn, one and eight. They must have played them early in the season when the Rangers were like just shooting hellfire out of 
Uh, the remember that. <laughs> remember opening. <laughs> Look how far remember we remember the come. opening series. We just like I don't even remember what the score was in my mind. It was like forty-eight to three. <laughs> like, <laughs> might as well. It was seventy to twenty. Like, I think it was the, like sixteen to the, three. It was like we were getting boat raced, like the Broncos. Like we were just. <laughs> Man. The uh, the hangover lineup currently down five nothing. By the way, respect. Uh, but tonight's first pitch thrown out by '90s heartthrob Daniel Fischel. <laughs> Topanga at Citizens. So Bank we Park. were we were at the game for fan appreciation night, um, which was super upsetting because like three people around us won. <sighs> one person run one literally like the row we were sitting in. The exact seat that Sarah's heading in, just two rows behind us. It was like not the craziest ones. It was like whatever, like we didn't miss out on anything. Two nuts. One of the um, prizes you could win was tickets to the I don't know the name of the uh, podcast that all the oh yeah the it's Boy Meets uh, World Boy Meets Pod or some Pod yeah. Meets World or something Pod Meets World, Pod Meets World uh, live show at the minute. <laughs> I was like that. I mean that sounds cool, but like I that's, I'm gonna be honest. Anything you win for free is one for free, right? Like, yes. it, it is what it is. I'll be honest, though. When you look at the other prizes, if you walk away and you just happen to win out of, like, 41,000 people, you win, like, a random prize. And it's, like, it's a ticket to a live podcast taping that you've probably never listened to <laughs> and maybe a show that you half remember. And, like, other people are winning. Like, they were giving out, like, uh, uh, partial season ticket passes you could get like an Aaron Nola signed jersey, a Chase Utley signed jersey. Sarah texted me. They Schmidt took the jersey right off the Fanatics' back. Yeah, they took they took the. You could get the. Yeah, like I, I just kind of. I don't know. It just seems like it's you're a like, very select uh, demographic that you're targeting there. Right. Um. My dream for Fan Appreciation Night. The other ones are like sick. Like obviously, like all the signed baseballs and stuff. The one I always want, and honestly, I wish they just sold this. I would just buy this. I know I understand that they can't necessarily, but like the, they give you like every promotional thing that they give. I just think that's like the best one to win. Like outside, of like all the crazy signed jerseys and stuff, like that's obviously amazing. Like the season ticket plans, clearly, like those are better. But like, if you're gonna win one, that one's the one that's like, all right, this is actually that's like in my top three, honestly. It has been nice. I I noticed this like late summer, and then I did it last night. I got the Bryce Harper. Funko that's right behind you now. Mm. Um, if you buy the Phillies yearbook, they give you one of the promotions from months back for free right. when you buy the yearbook, which for ten bucks, like I'll Worth take it. an exclusive, you know, Citizens Bank Park giveaway item with a Phillies yearbook. Um but yeah, I wish that there was like a package to be like, here's everything that we gave away this year. Like give me Especially since most of them are for kids fourteen and under. It's just the worst. Every other stadium that I look at, Noah. it's like, oh, the first 10,000 fans get this. It's for all fans. Almost every good Phillies promotion is kids 14 and under. Yeah. They're the always, they're always ones getting the jerseys and stuff. Like, come on. It drives me nuts. I want a Trey Turner jersey. Right? Like, let's tailor to all the fans. What's a kid going to do with that? What, wear it to school? <laughs> Nerd. Um... So, yeah, the Phils are, are in the postseason. Postseason baseball is here. It's going to be an absolute time and a half. Uh, and I was at the game last night walking back to my seat after I got something to eat. And my, like, seat usher was like, I wore the shout-out FOCO, 
link in the description to get your overalls that Garrett Stubbs wore in the locker room. I wore into the game last night. See Usher, he had to be like in his early seventies. Super most, nice guy. See Usher's, I think. He was generally. like, he was like, these are so cool. I've seen a lot. I actually saw a lot of people um, at the uh, at the game with them on. So and then on the way out after we won and clinched and everything, he just he like. Gives me a handshake and then he pulls me in for a giant bear hug. I was like, "This is great, this is great." This people have the best job in the world. Oh, honestly, it's spectacular. Um, so yeah, Phils are in. We're, we're we're gearing up for another postseason of Phillies baseball here on the podcast. And if you followed along last year, it was a ton of fun. So hopefully, you do the same with us this year. Uh, quick rundown of the run differentials brought to you by. Tomahawk Shades, best small batch eyewear in the game. You guys can go to TomahawkShades.com or download the app and use promo code USP for 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com or in the Tomahawk Shades app. Right now, the Atlanta Braves at 101 and 56, Matt. They are at a plus 231 run differential. Uh, the Fight and Phils, who we might see the Braves later on this month, or I should say later on in October, uh, 88 and 69. They have a plus 81 run differential. The Miami Marlins at 81 and 76 have scored 651 runs, the fewest in the division, and are at a negative 60 run differential. Jesus. The, uh, the Lowell Mets uh, at 72 and 85 have a negative 11 run differential. And then the stolen franchise Washington Nationals at 69 and 89 have a negative 144 run differential. Colorado Rockies have hit the 100 loss mark on the season. I don't know, Matt. They're they're creeping in. 921 runs against. I still think they are. They're playing the Dodgers right they have now. Five games. They need to concede 20 runs in each game. Just about. Come on, Dodgers. Let's. Let's roll. <laughs> it's what? Like what? Wait, the, what are they at again? 921 runs given okay, up. Okay, so they need to make up 80. I, for some reason, I thought you said like they, they were at like 900. Um, Yeah, they still need to what, concede like 15. 79 runs to hit the 1,000. And there's what, five games left? Yeah, like 15, 16 runs 16 a runs a game. Crazier things have happened. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Especially I, in Colorado. Yes, definitely. Um, I can think of several, but... <laughs> The uh, the Dodgers at plus 204, kind of creeping up on the Braves in terms of run differential. The Oakland A's at 48 and 109, their season uh, under total hit like last week. Uh, they've given up 902 runs on the season, have the worst run differential in baseball at negative 334. Across the board, everything looking pretty similar. Only three teams have clinched as well in the uh, American League playoffs. It's Tampa Bay and Baltimore still fighting for who wants to win that division. And then uh, the Minnesota Twins have finally won the stupidest division in baseball, the American League Central. Must be nice, dude. Must be nice. So there it is, your run differentials brought to you by Kenwood Beer. Matt, the birds get it done on Monday Night Football. They beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and everybody's still up in arms about the Tush Push or the newly social media named Brotherly Shove. Um, 
now people calling for Jalen Hurts to get injured, and I just think it's absolutely ridiculous that just because your defense can't get their weight up and stop a team from even getting to a third down situation that you're now calling for injury. And it's not just, you know, Twitter trolls. Chris Sims did it today. Well, Chris Sims is a Twitter troll. It's valid. (laughs) He exists nothing more than just – he has, like, a weird obsession with Jalen Hurts, too. Yes. Um, I've never in my life experienced that. First of all, the rules committee looked at this play this past offseason, and they were like, yeah, it's fine. No, like, they already did this. Like, we already litigated this. It was already annoying last year, but they – Everyone's like, well, the rules committee, this summer's going to look at it. It's not going to be legal. And they were like, yeah, whatever. Nobody complained when Tom Brady was doing it. Right. And it's not even just that. Like, I actually think it's super unfair that Tyreek Hill is so fast. <laughs> it's uh, To me, it's like it's actually really unfair that he outruns everyone. I think that he should have to play with ankle weights. Well, I, think I don't think he should be allowed to be open. I don't think you should be allowed to do that. I don't think the the Dolphins that. are uh, executing uh, positive plays at a 55% clip. I think that's too high. I should I think, think Tua throws stop. the ball too fast. I think he makes his mind up too quick. I think he should actually have to hold the ball an extra. Justin extra. Tucker kicks way too many long-distance yeah. field goals right through the middle. Oh, we said that. Take him off the field. I think Derrick Henry's too strong. I think he has to lose, like, 20 pounds of muscle. I think, I think it's really unfair, actually, that Derrick Henry is so big and everyone else is so small compared to him. I think it's actually it's not fair at all. It's stupid. I'm sorry. Like, Eagles have a great offensive line and a great quarterback that is, like, just it, it suits like his like physical capabilities and if you don't like it it's like that that tiktok okay then leave okay then stop it like i don't know like i don't know what to tell you like get sorry. your weight up get sorry. in the weight like, room th- this is again if, they, if if it was really an issue i think the the committee would have put a stop to be like all right no more you know but people got to look at it and make a decision and and no other team can do it yeah you're also welcome to try. The Colts right. tried, and it didn't work. And you have Anthony Richardson, statistically, and I. this is not hyperbole, literally, literally, if you're going by combine scores, the most athletic quarterback that has ever been tested in the NFL. He's literally, like, the highest-graded athlete to play the quarterback position, and it didn't work for him. So I'm sorry. Like, you know what? Maybe maybe the Eagles just got something figured out. Teams get to do all types of on-the-margins. Bring in whatever analytics team, do nutrition stuff over the, the off season, like any kind of on the margin stuff these people will do, down to PEDs. Mm-hmm. Like I don't I don't know. I, to me, it's it's such a non issue. Just get your weight up. It's 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 that simple. Yeah. Do more squats. Squat six hundred pounds. Maybe uh you cretins. Maybe don't let them get to fourth and one. Maybe. You ever think about that? You ever think about stopping them on first and second down? Yeah. You ever think about just not being poor? I don't know. Try it. It's so ridiculous. Um, Eagles have the Commanders on Sunday. So we'll see how uh, things shake out with the division opponent for the first time. Going from Baker to Sam Howell feels spiritually around the same. Two two men that I think have shown a disregard for their body. (laughs) uh, Commanders, I think, leading the league in sacks this year. They've given up 19. Yeah, well, it's Sam Howell has conceded 19 sacks. He's on pace. Okay, so um, David Carr, who my entire life has been, like, the standard for, like, terrible offensive line. Guy just got killed. Has the record. I believe it is 76 sacks or 78 sacks. 
Sam Howell's on pace to have over a hundred sacks. He is on pace to shat like Steph Curry shatter the record of sacks for the guy that is like the poster child for a quarterback getting destroyed. That is how bad it has been through the first three weeks. And sacks are a quarterback stat, by the way. Like offensive line can be unhelpful in those situations, but they are a, a quarterback stat. And honestly, I don't know if he lasts the season. He keeps taking hits like this. Jesus Christ. He's getting mauled. Um, and think of them, the Eagles defensive line, feeling good. Yeah, the game kind of went, I think, the way we we expected, or at least we talked about. Like the Buccaneers really had not faced the defensive front, any kind of pressure like the Eagles were able to bring. And we saw Jalen Carter have – it was nice too, I think, like in a real national game, national spotlight. He'd already had it with like the Minnesota game, but had some really big, like flashy plays against Tampa Bay. And I think he's getting a lot of credit now, which he deserves. Um, complete game by the Eagles again. Jalen Hurts saw the report that apparently like had flu like symptoms mm-hmm. before the game. Who knows, right? Like, honestly, tough to tell. Didn't look like he has not yet looked like 2022 Jalen Hurts. That's also probably because he doesn't have Shane Steichen, who I think they just. He knew how to get the absolute best out of him. And I think also, you know, does he need to be at that level for this team to be a Super Bowl team? Not necessarily, you know, like, and we, I still trust Jalen Hurts and like over the course of the season, we'll figure it out. I, I would imagine will look better at some point. Um, and this is also the part of schedule that you need to, to, to stack the wins up. Cause like we've talked about, you know, they have a, uh, in the middle of the schedule, it starts to get tough for this team. So, yeah. And uh, Garrett Stubbs just hit a three-run home run for the Phillies. <laughs> Hell, yeah. Hangover homers. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how the Eagles go against the uh, the Commanders on Sunday. One of the few 1 o'clock starts for the Birds this year, which is nice. Um, also, the London games start this week. So, we'll see how. Uh, love, love 9.30 football. 9.30 football. Nothing, and- nothing like the terrorist known as Arthur Smith. Also, I've known this for a little bit. I don't know if you know this. Do you know, you know, like Arthur Smith's like family? I don't. You know, Arthur Smith is a billionaire. His dad or his uncle, someone like some man in his family. I believe his father like founded like FedEx. I remember you telling me this. He is just here for fucking fun. Yeah. (laughs) You ever like, there was a really funny tweet I saw where it was like, um, yeah, like I worked with someone in like the service and you're like, it's like a waitress and like. Uh, like one day I was talking to him, he's like, oh, like I'm a trust fund kid. Like I don't need to be here. I just do it to make friends. And, like Arthur Smith is just here. Like, yeah, I don't know. I just, I can kind of do whatever I want. I just figured I'd be a football coach. And he's like, yeah, I just decided I'll pick Desmond Ritter as my quarterback to hang my head on for some reason. Unbelievable. That's unreal. They're also doing a, a Toy Story broadcast. I saw that and I had, I still have absolutely no clue what that, could possibly mean and i think what is so funny is when people when like the announcers have to do those ad reads for stuff and they kind of have to like they have to jazz it right, up, right? you know because it's, it's an ad read you got to make it you can't just be like then this is and like they were saying it in a way that they were like they were really selling me on this and i was like brother you're trying to sell me something that i can't even comprehend i don't understand what you mean when you say that they're going to be virtual toy story players what does that mean? I don't, I don't understand. Like I'm actually, I'm, 
even now, just like I'm struggling to process what that could possibly be. I just hope at least one of the skill position players from either team knows that this is happening and does an Andy's coming celebration when they catch a touchdown. That would be good. I don't know that they're going to be coordinated enough, but that'd be drop to the ground. That's all you got to do. Um, last bit here. Survivor starts tonight, Matt. It does indeed. We and, are uh, we are back, and uh, your your overall expectations going to ninety minute episodes for season forty five. Uh, blood, uh, guts, maybe. Um, I don't know. I did not watch any like promotional stuff for the season. Um, I didn't even watch the little like, trailer that they do. Uh, I know all I know is that it's their hour and a half episodes. And it promises to be the hardest one yet. So who knows? Who knows? Do you want a, this? Is not a spoiler of any sort, but I saw uh, the announcement we tweeted. Follow at Buffs and Snuffs on Twitter and Instagram. The opening intro sequences are back. Oh, okay. They will nice. be back for every episode now. So well, they, they have an hour and a half. So like, ah, we got to figure this out. How do we fill in? You know, three minutes. <laughs> so we're back with those full time. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I, I, I went we got all our, in. our first pod pick. That is a, a female winner. We did that last week, so go check that out. Try to see who I ended up with on a oh, yeah. fantasy. Live, it live usually check. does not load the fantasy survivor uh fantasy survivor game. I feel like I've always had trouble in years past with uh finding out who my who my tribe is. Um Yeah game's not even loaded for me at the moment unfortunately rest in peace but yeah looking forward to see who i ended up with in fantasy so it was a nice way to figure it out and looking forward to a good first episode so we will be back next week on wednesday with eagles commanders wrap up uh we'll have phillies baseball potentially talking about moving on to the nlds that would be pretty cool and uh, we'll have Survivor cool. as well. And we're gearing up for the Union postseason as well. So make sure you're following us at Underground PHI, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, threads, Facebook.com slash Underground Sports PHI. Follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castarina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and review. And subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. Let's get to 600 subscribers. Let's let's get there. We're oh so close. Let's keep it pushing. Let's get to 600 subscribers. YouTube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. And, uh, of course, this show is presented by the City of Vineland. And whether you're a company looking to expand, relocate, or you're a new business startup, selecting the right location is critical to your success. Vineland, New Jersey offers both an affordable business location and an excellent quality of life. The city's economic development department is a one-stop source for moving your project through the development and approval process. And their goal is to make this process as smooth as possible and to provide the fastest turnaround times in the region. If you're considering potential locations for your operation, contact the Vineland Economic Development Team at 856-794-4100. That's 856-794-4100. Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always growing season. And big thank you to Security 21 Security Systems and Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated for their continued support of this podcast. This has been episode number 572 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Matt, I'm KB. We'll see you guys next time. Go Phils, go Birds. 
we are signing off. Peace. I'm a people's champ. I'm a people's champ.